Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 103. I hope you can trust my judgment once in a while about something like this. I have a hard enough time trusting it myself. I only want to take a few minutes on this subject today. I will either leave the outline to you, which I have right here in my hands, or I will take it up again at some future date. But I do not want to distract us from Romans 8, 33 and 34. Many of the verses that I had, and it is an exhaustive study, on never forgetting the things of God and the things God has done for us are from the Old Testament and are not directly related to the Lord Jesus Christ and His death for us. And I want that chief most on our minds right now. And I hope you'll understand that. The Lord was merciful to us in the first assembly, I believe, and I'm thankful, and I don't want to defeat that by distracting you too much. So let us trust the Lord that I can use a few points to introduce the subject because it does pertain to the first sermon this morning. Because we must never forget what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. And that is how we keep our shield of faith strong and able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, our assurance of salvation complete, and our love of Christ the way it should be. Psalm 103. I know that this is a a favorite psalm of some of you. I only want two verses from it. Verse 2. Psalm 103, 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. I was surprised, and you would be surprised, by how many references in the Bible, an exhaustive study of our memories, and not forgetting God or His works or His words, show is in our 31,101 verses. You know why? Because we have weak memories. And we get distracted with all sorts of things. God gave you an empty memory to begin your life, but now your empty memory is full of all kinds of junk and some little bit of truth and wisdom. And it's a horrible thing because those things that are chiefest of value in our entire life experience of the things of the gospel and the things of heaven and the things of Christ. And there is so much crowding into our heads from what we see, read, what we hear, and what we think about that we need to force ourselves to remember and to never forget the title of my sermon, Never Forget the Lord, His Works, His ways and His words. Look at the text. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. There are a great many benefits that come from God, who our Father, who has blessed us abundantly, and we can never forget them. And the greatest one of all is our justification and salvation and no condemnation standing before the Almighty through Jesus Christ our Lord. Never forget. Do you know we forget? Have you ever read the book of Judges? 
and they forget the Lord their Savior. And they forget the Lord. And they forgot the Lord. Do you know how many times Moses exhorted the nation of Israel to remember? Remember what the Lord hath done. Remember. And teach it to your children and to your children's children. Be diligent to remember. Do you know why they had ceremonial observances like the Passover? Like the Feast of Booths? Do you know why we have the Lord's Supper? Do you know why there was a Sabbath day? All of, I've mentioned four, three Old Testament, one new. All of the three old were to remember that they had been delivered by God out of the land of Egypt. We have one to remember the death of our Lord Jesus Christ until He comes. We don't have another ordinance like that. We have this frequent observance of the Lord's Supper to remember. This do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me. Because we get so distracted by so many things in our limited minds. Forget not all His benefits. And there's many. But there's one chief above them all. Verse 18 of the same psalm. Verse 17 tells us, The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him, and His righteousness unto children's children. What kind of people have God's blessing of mercy and His righteousness on children's children? To such as keep His covenant, and to those that remember His commandments to do them. Notice in this one psalm, there is an emphasis on don't forget and an emphasis on remember. God's given us many benefits we don't want to forget. God has many benefits in store if we'll but remember. He knows our minds are weak, but listen, brethren, if we're going to forget things, let's forget all the things of this life so that we need someone to lead us around and help us tie our shoes as long as we remember Everything the Lord is, has done, His works, His ways, and His words. Look at Second Peter chapter 1, which you read last evening. Second Peter chapter 1. This is the most extensive description of this particular point of remembering that's ascribed to the New Testament ministers. I'm going to read to you verses 12 through 15. Now this is four verses with basically a singular thought. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent. This is a faithful minister of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. The Apostle Peter is saying, I'm going to shortly die. Because I'm going to shortly die, I am not going to stop reminding you of things, even if you are already established in them and know them. 
so much of proper instruction and teaching is repetition to keep those things at the forefront of your mind. Do you know what an NBA superstar will do if he shoots less than 60 or 70% at the free throw line during a game? Though he plays himself to near exhaustion, when the game is over, he is out there shooting another 100, 200, 500 free throws because he is going to remind himself there is only one right way to do it and I will reestablish that right way in my actions. Forget the NBA now. They'll do it for a corruptible crown. We need to stir ourselves up. And here is Peter saying, it doesn't matter to me that you already know these things or that you're established in them. I'm going to keep repeating them. And I hope that you're not offended when a minister of God repeats a lesson, repeats a sermon, repeats a text, even if he does it over and over. If he's of sane intelligence and he's not too old, and I'm not yet, He does it by design because repetition is for learning. And look at the man Peter, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he describes, I won't be negligent in this matter. I'm going to always put you in remembrance, even if you know what I'm saying. Because I've got to get it up at the top of your mind, not sunk down in a file drawer somewhere in your mind. Yea, I think it meet. It's appropriate and suitable that as long as I am in this world to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Because I know that shortly I'm going to die. Moreover, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to stir you up by way of remembrance so that when I'm dead, you'll still remember the truth. Right. Now what are these things? What are these things he's going to never let them forget? The things he's going to never let them forget is their unbelievable salvation that they have in the Lord Jesus Christ, whereby they are made partakers of the divine nature and have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust that is contained in verses 1 through 4, and that the proof of eternal life and election and salvation is by giving themselves diligently to eight certain things by which they can make their calling and election sure, and they can have an entrance ministered unto them abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that takes us to verse 11. The great salvation we have in Jesus Christ, the evidence by which you can lay claim to it yourself and be absolutely sure about your election, and to have an abundant entrance into heaven. Not a bare entrance where you've got to crawl through a crack in the gate, but an abundance entrance where the doors are, the the gates are swung open wide and you're welcomed into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things I never want you to forget. If you live a carnal life, if you live a worldly life, if you're more concerned about the things of this life, If you're more concerned about your job, your health, your money, your family, bodily exercise, and things like that, you are nearsighted. And your nearsightedness is caused by you not remembering the right things. Look at the ninth verse. But he that lacketh these things. What things are we talking about? The eight things that run from verse 5 through 7. Those eight things are faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. Those things should be in you and they should be abounding in verse 8. 
And that makes you neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hearing the truth of the gospel and knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior should result in a changed life described by those eight things. Now, verse 9, But he that lacketh these things, the person that comes up a little short, that lacks an abundance of these eight graces of the Holy Spirit, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Oh, he can see all right. He's spiritually blind. He's nearsighted. He's not altogether blind. He can just see the things that are up close and at hand on this world's plane. He cannot see the things that are afar off, the things in heaven, the things of Christ, the things of eternity, the things that Moses saw when he gave up the things that he could see. And I chose my words carefully. He saw the things of Christ by faith. He saw the riches and pleasures of Egypt with his natural eyes. But he was farsighted. These Christians, these elect, are disgusting. They they lack these eight things. And they're nearsighted. And they have forgotten that they were purged from their old sins. Notice, they forgot something. They forgot the fantastic transaction and its price that was paid for them to have eternal life in the presence of God. And so Peter said, in order to keep my hearers in verse 8 and not in verse 9, I am going to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, even though you may know these things and be established in them. I am going to keep reminding you of the importance of bearing fruit to prove your election. I hope you understand Second Peter chapter 1. Never forget. Never forget. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When you get discouraged, when you get fearful, and listen, I'm telling you, death is coming for all of us. But we should not fear death, because yea, rather, Christ is risen Amen. from the dead. He's already defeated death for us. But brethren, if we forget the message, it alters our approach to life. First right. Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. So do you mean Paul's being repetitious? Absolutely. Just like Peter. They're motivated by the same spirit of teaching. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Now is that being established in the present truth? Like Second Peter chapter 1? By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And he goes on for the next 56 verses, for the lengthy chapter about the resurrection. The Corinthians had forgotten his teaching about the resurrection from the dead so that they were led astray by false teachers who taught them that there is no resurrection from the dead. So Paul said if there's no resurrection from the dead, Christ hasn't been raised from the dead. If Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, you are still in your sins. If there is no resurrection from the dead, then our hope in Christ is only for this world. And as long as we last in this life, And we are of all men most miserable. 
the greatest misery in the human family results from not having the knowledge of our eternal destiny with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it can happen by not keeping in memory the things that are taught. And what was taught? The basics. The, the basic elements. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. They had been led astray even though Paul had been their pastor. It is crucial for us to remember and never forget the things of the Gospel. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. The first verse, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you. Now that's a waste of ink and paper, isn't it? To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous. It is meat, Peter would say in Second Peter chapter 1. To write the same things... To me, indeed, for a certainty, it is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. Now in this passage, he actually tells them to forget some things. Are you ready? It's found in the 13th verse. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. When you look at Paul's life and compare it to yours or compare it to anyone you have ever met or heard about, wouldn't you say that he had apprehended? To apprehend something is to get your hands on it and be holding it safe. We usually use it when the law apprehends a criminal. They get their hands on them and holding them tight. Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forth unto those things which are before. I don't care what you've accomplished in your Christian life thus far. Forget it. No one in a race focuses on the ground they've covered. Everyone in a race, and a race is described right here, because Paul said in the 14th verse, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Your eyesight is on that string up there that's being held across that track. It's the finish line. You don't look back here at the ground you've covered. You look at the ground you need to cover. Forget those things which are behind and let's press forward. And how do we press forward? As long as I'm in this tabernacle, I will stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you will always remember these things and never forget them and become nearsighted. It's not grievous to me to do this because I know it's the right thing to do and for you it is safe. For lots of repetition, one more reference. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I don't like repeating myself in certain respects. I want to be creative every time I'm in the pulpit. But when I read the Bible and pattern my ministry after Peter and Paul, I find that there's a great deal of repetition. And watching lives and hearing some of you and your inability to explain the things that we believe as well as you could or as well as you should makes me understand their words that we need a lot of repetition. Here a little, there a little. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. A little bit of math done every day. And one whole year of school with 180 school days, all they learn is a few new concepts. 
It's how teaching is to be done. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Here, which I do enjoy immensely, the Apostle Paul, in a pastoral epistle, tells Timothy how to be a good minister. I like simple things like that. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things. What are these things? The religious falling away of the church of Rome. Commanding to abstain from meat and forbidding to marry. The Spirit expressly declaring that there would be a great falling away from the true doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he tells me, put them in remembrance. That means they'd already heard them. But remind them of them, of these important things. Verse 7, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Timothy, you be a good minister and put the brethren in remind, in good remembrance, of the false doctrine that's going to arise and steal away the faith of many and steal away true doctrine in many places. But you remind them and you'll be a good minister. And don't you dare let old wives' fables influence your preaching content. And you remind people. Remember, they lived in an influence of the Greek Empire and their Olympiad and their Olympic Games. Bodily exercise profiteth little. And I want to, I want to remind everyone in here that thinks there's much profit in bodily exercise, you're a fool. You are so nearsighted. It is a distraction and a waste of your time for the greater part. It doesn't have promise of this life or the next life. Godliness has promise of this life and the next life. And brethren, I didn't say it. The Holy Spirit did. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. You better accept it. This is a faithful saying. Make sure that you exercise yourselves into godliness is what the text teaches us. The Corinthians had lost their hope because they had lost their memory about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the apostle took them through it again of how he was seen of Cephas, how he was seen of others, how he was seen of 500, and how he was seen of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, because they needed that reminder of basic elementary facts of the gospel in order to have their hope renewed, because it had been lost by false teachers. We heard this morning about the Lord Jesus Christ, and there is no one in heaven or on earth or hell beneath that can lay anything to your charge. God justifies. We heard this morning that no one can condemn you because Christ died Yea, rather, Christ is risen again and is alive forevermore at the most unique, powerful, influential place in the universe, at the right hand of God, and He makes intercession for us. How do we do it? We talk to each other about the things of the Lord. A book of remembrance was written about them that feared the Lord, that thought upon His name, and that spake often one to another about it. 
Brethren, when you're talking to others, don't tell them about your job situation. Don't tell them about your health situation. Let's talk to each other about the Lord Jesus Christ and our hope of eternal glory. We're all going to die. What are you worried about your health for? Don't you know we all have a fatal disease? It's called sin. Let's talk about heaven and the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish you all knew this song so you could sing it with me. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. The chorus, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept, angels in robes of light, Arrayed, guarded thee, whilst thou slept. Let me, like Mary, through the gloom, come with a gift to thee. Show to me now the empty tomb. Lead me to Calvary. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee, even thy cup of grief to share. Thou hast borne all for me. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Calvary and the empty tomb and the ascension into heaven and the right hand of God are the things we never want to forget. May God bless us to always remember them. Stop remembering yourself. Stop thinking about yourself. Remember Gethsemane. Remember Calvary. And may God bless us with an increase of our faith and an increase of our hope and an increase of our assurance and security in Christ Jesus. Amen.